podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 348 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And... Ian Loring, hello. Hi. Hi. Um, Skype do um, custom backgrounds now, and I recommend you all try it. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Yeah, if, if, if you are a patron, you will have heard uh, who Ian had on as, as his background. Um, <laughs> let me just brought it up again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and if you're not a patron... Two dollars. Sorry, Ian literally is a background now. Two dollars a a month, and it gives you access to find out who Ian is currently stroking on the face. Um, and also, it will give you what will it give you? It will give you maximum damage. Maximum damage. It will give you Nolan chat, <laughs> and it will give you Catsmas. <laughs> 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 We are Pod Syndicate. We are one of the Pod Syndicate um, podcasts, along with Tombstone versus Punter, along with Beyond the Neon, Entertainment Landfill, his film, her movie, and What's on Tap. But what are we talking about this week? Films talking about some films and shit. We're talking another Becky's Choice uh, with Amelie. Um, we're also going to chat our iTunes 99p rental of the week, uh, which was Moonrise Kingdom. Um, an interesting one that's going to be uh, because um, Ian's a Wes Anderson fan uh, and because he liked the movie I don't know what he thought of it this time around but it like that um, Becky is also a Wes Anderson movie and didn't get on with Moonrise Kingdom on her first watch uh, and I don't like Wes Anderson movies you just called me a Wes Anderson movie did I? yeah Oh, Did you mean to put Fanny in after that? I meant to put Fanny, yeah. yeah if you were Wes movie, I'd probably have to do that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Although I would have some sort of quite superior aesthetic going on. You would, yes. I mean, I wouldn't go classy. I'd be a bit of a bitch. You'd be a bit of a bitch. You'd look like Kim Jong-un's wank dreams. Um, what? 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 Oh, his films look very North Korean. <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah, it was. There was, like, there was a thing on, on Tumblr a number of years ago um, that was, um, is this one of Kim Jong-un's room, Kim Jong-il's rooms, or is it from a Wes Anderson movie? It was just loads <laughs> of shots from it. And it was quite, it was it was mean-spirited, but it was quite nice. I liked it. Uh, and we're also going to chat Josh Trank's film Capone, the movie that was you know, going to be his return to cinema uh, after the Fantastic Four, which Ian loved and nobody else did. Um, <laughs> love is a strong word, Mark. <laughs> I'm going to say it, which Ian loved and nobody else did, <laughs> which Ian tolerated and nobody else did. Um, and then, you know, it was going to be Fonzo, it was going to be called, it was going to be like this big return, he had Hardy on board for it, and then it, it, it didn't quite happen, and then it was released on VOD, and nobody's talking about it well, apart from us. From the, from the start, when the trailer dropped, and everyone just watched watched it and went, 
What the fuck have you done to Tom Hardy's face? Nah, I'm out. Uh, that, that made me more him. No, I must admit. I'm um, a we're also going to uh, chat some trailers. Uh, there has been a couple, and there's been a big one. Um, and well, there'll be other bits, what we've been watching, and questions, etc., and things like that. Um, we have a, a we, we do have a, a film related question, and we have a, a non film related question, which is a very loaded question. Oh, Christ, a very loaded really? question. Okay. Yes, from Jordan McGrath. Oh, dear. It's on, on the ground. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving it be. I'll, I'll be surprised by it. <laughs> it's learned in this house, anyways. Is what I'll say. Okay. So anyway, Ian, news. What's been happening in the news? This section happens every week, and I never prepare for it. Um, <laughs> I, I was just assume you do. So that's why I always ask you. <laughs> It's just, no, I mean, like, all I've got in my head is Dominic Cummings talking about driving to get, <laughs> driving <laughs> to a castle to fucking get, to test his eyes. Um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. That's also, is, there's, there's a glory to um, to British humour that is out there. I'm not a big fan of British comedies at Central, but there's a glory of British humour within the fact that literally within minutes of him saying this, and I, I, we will try and keep this to the last thing we say about this, um, but it, it was amusing the fact that there was a ream of various different memes had already been invented on the internet straight away. One of my favourite um, being, what is it, Barncastle, is it? A Barnum. Bannon Castle, uh, the sign for that, a sight for sore eyes. Then there was the Specsavers ones, you know, should have gone to uh, Bannon Castle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's been quite glorious. I think it's it's the, the kind of fatalistic, well, we can't fucking do anything about it, like, let, let's make fun of it. Yeah, it's probably, I mean, it's probably a bad thing to do, <laughs> but like you say. And, um, and my last thing on it. Anyone who tells me they drive 200 over 200 miles with a four-year-old without stopping is a liar. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that wasn't picked up on more. It was I, like, it is. That's mental. I'm still baffled that nobody said. To just, just to clarify, your wife can't drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite. I. I uh, uh, Right. Anyway, um, fucking hell, I'm 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 really drawing a blank here, guys. I'm so sorry. Like it, it's it does f- feel like it's been a quiet one. Um, um, Apple. Uh, oh fuck. Account. Yeah, did we didn't talk about that last week, did we not? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's huge. Um, it is big because Apple so because Apple TV, we've all got it. The three of us. None of us pay for it. Um, because um, you make that sound really nefarious. No, because it came free with a yeah. with a device. Um, and so far, I know ours runs out in November. Uh, we've watched a couple of things, like a couple of films. Have we? Yeah, we've watched The Banker and The Beast Boy Story. Okay. So we've watched a couple of films. Um, so that, but I'm not gonna pay five ninety nine a month to watch two films a year. Like three films, average probably three films a year. Mm. And Apple seem to now be kind of realising this and going, huh, we need to maybe do something about this. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, I mean, I, th- th- there was also some word going out that they've uh, they are actually trying to look at licensing all uh, like older films and TV shows. It does feel like 
you've got a lot of services that do that um you've kind of fucked it by not offering that from the start but i mean greyhound's an interesting one and it's just the fact that that felt like maybe maybe a little bit of a dodgy prospect at the box office anyway um it, it, it feels like it will get some very good like it, it very like oh it was very well intentioned it's not great kind yeah. of like seven out of ten reviews no no, um, no summed it up it seems very much like the movie that people will buy their father-in-law on dvd yeah there you go yeah i mean that, that's it i mean I'll, I'll be honest if that means that you know whenever it comes out we've got and if we're still in lockdown that's our content for the week then brilliant you know you know what i mean but the thing is uh, will i watch it the first weekend that it comes on uh, apple tv yeah probably no yeah i mean that's it you know it's um considering none of us are fucking paying for it at the moment and frankly i'll be buying a new apple watch um in september so hopefully i'll get another year out of it from that um I'll be getting a new new phone upgrade so i'll get another year out of that so if that's where they keep doing it then you know, I'll, I'll keep getting it. No, I mean that that that, that that's exactly it. So um, I thought it, it just it'll be interesting to see where they go now. Like I think the the Sofia Coppola film that they've got on the rocks, which is Sofia Coppola te- reteaming with Bill Murray, that's a big deal. Mm. You know, from a film fan point of view, that is a big deal. Um, if they time that in like October November with another season of the morning show, then. Yeah, man, I think that is going to generate some subscribers. I mean, you know, the fair play to uh, Apple TV. It seems like their, t- their TV shows have ge- generated some good buzz. I mean, Donna really liked the morning show. Um, I mean, to be fair, my wife likes a lot of shit as well. Um, but I trust that. She, and I mean that with the, with the most well-intentioned, like a, a loving way. She'll say the same about me. Um, but like she watches some crap um <laughs> but the morning show i mean like it did, it did. yeah no i mean but no i mean that's it you know it's uh I'm, I'm i'm fucking i'm casting the first stone there quite frankly um but yeah i it, it just if they what i like about apple everything's in atmos everything's in 4k hdr you know like we're gonna have like a technically fantastic presentation which netflix do as well i mean if if there are any standard bearers of quality at the moment it is netflix and apple in terms of technical presentation um but in terms of content apple tv is is behind it does seem like okay they've got greyhound could they get could they get something else you know i remember that said that they were looking uh, this was basically the article said look this is pure rumor we are basing this on he said and she said but the apple have uh, looked at it and gone do you know what they were at first shying away from the idea of um of having a library of all the content and they wanted to just fill it with new content and now they're very much realizing actually we don't have enough to get people interested in actually joining up to watch the new content mm. because you know we can't advertise look we've got a thousand movies we can go we have six movies and five tv shows it's like right what <laughs> so they were looking at right well how do we do this and there was a, a rumor doing rounds that they were looking into taking off disney all of the Fox and the Touchstone, the Paramount, and, they, and they, the Touchstone stuff off them that is that Disney aren't going to put on Disney Plus, 
and going, well, we'll, we'll, we'll give you this, and you give us all that, and we'll stick on ours. There you go. What, what I... Yeah, it's like some interesting scuttlebutt that's been going around is about like the possibility of Apple buying a studio, and you you have to wonder if MGM, M, yep, MGM, maybe Paramount, maybe like Sony would let them have like Columbia and TriStar, something like that. If if you know, if if the the figure was large enough, um, but I I yeah I it, it's. It would just be for content, but at least when Disney bought Fox, they had people there who were in the movie business and knew how to market films. With Apple, they quite obviously don't have a lot of people there who really know how to market this shit. Otherwise, Apple TV Plus would be huge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you, but you wonder whether that's the, the, the step that they're going to need to take. It's like, we can't make this shit ourselves. We'll buy other stuff. I mean, it, it's interesting that you know, the TV stuff, it seems to be kind of like all original, like greenlit at Apple. The movies, I don't think there's been any of that yet. The Banker was bought, the Beastie Boy story was bought, Greyhound obviously was bought. Um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Um, it, it, it could be, it, it would be interesting to see if they go, if they turn around to somebody and say, I don't know whether it'd be, columbia or somebody you know it wouldn't be warner but said right you know all those films that you've got now backed up yeah we'll get them we'll buy them all up yeah yeah no i mean yeah i mean that 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 that, that's exactly it it's um it's it's going to be an interesting time it kind of feels like now that things are loosening up a little bit with restrictions that the kind of the talk of things going to premium video on demand and whatnot has um has lightened up of late um there was one that i saw john stewart's new film with steve carell and rose Byrne. i, I want to say it's called irresistible he stands for oh sorry that's what pvod stands for premium video on demand i didn't know that i think about it the other day i was like i got the vod bit but i couldn't yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no so yeah it's the like so the king of staten island and trolls world tour and now irresistible it's like they come out to rent or or buy immediately at 15 or 20 um 20 dollars um and that's where they're going to go with that film that kind of makes sense because you know with the fucking avalanche of theatrical releases that will be happening once cinemas do open again um you know where does that film find room exactly um, it's it it's all it was already a big risk putting something like that out you know and putting it out there to possibly fail and thus um thus causing a problem for it long term because it then gets deemed a failure if you put it out during this you're possibly going to get as many people watching it as you would do normally because all the people who would have specifically gone to the cinema to see it will just watch it at home mm. so you're getting the same audience but you might get a few of the trickle down audience man yeah yeah quite i mean that, that, that's exactly it it's um i yeah i don't I, it's going to be interesting to see where we are in a couple of months though because again i mean not to get political even though obviously like long-term listeners will know where our allegiances generally lie um but if corona does kick off again as it may well do in the next few weeks mm-hmm are they actually going to be able to legitimately enforce another fucking lockdown? You know, or is the genie out of the bottle a bit? And, 
they're just gonna have to fucking deal with it and fast track any fucking treatments or vaccines that they've got going it, 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 i think it, the it, last few weeks has really highlighted the fact that they didn't ever put us into lockdown to protect us they did it to protect the nhs from getting overrun now that they feel like they've got the nhs at a, in a position whereby it could cope with a, another peak they'll just let people yeah it'll be a deal with it. it'll be a deal with that situation yeah it'll be a week we can't put you in a lockdown again the economy won't survive yeah, They've dealt so badly with coming out of the other side of it, though. Yeah. Moving on. Trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Trailers. He's too, he's too centred. He's too he's centred. Too um, <laughs> obviously, we've... Oh, actually, Becky, you watched uh, the Five Bloods trailer. We watched it last week and spoke about it. You didn't. Yes. Spike Lee joint. What do you think? Why does he always do that? Why does he always call it a Spike Lee joint? Because that's his thing. I, I quite like it. Uh, yeah, very looks good. I'm, yeah, I'm not as into like the Spike Lee stuff as you are, and you won't show oh, me. Oh my lazy eye! Sorry. <laughs> Ian, did you just take off your lazy eye then? Fucking hell! I, like when I don't have my glasses on, <laughs> that thing really fucking goes for it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, I'm I'm not as big into like the Spike Lee stuff in general. Um, in that I don't know as much about it, and I haven't seen as many of them. Not that I don't like it. What I have seen, I think I like. And I think there's films that are his that I don't realise are his until I look on IMDb. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks good. Cool. Interesting uh, that it's a Netflix film. And it's only like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Mental. Yeah. It is. I thought he would have been like someone who would not like that. Um, whole Netflix movement. No, Spike Lee's very much a, a a purveyor of. I think possibly that uh, that Scorsese went with it as as a help influence him. Scorsese, mm. it, you know, is very much his mentor um, from that. But I think that his th- feeling there is, look, this is the way that I get the most amount of people to see my fucking movie, and they're going to give me an unbelievable amount of creative control that no studios are going to give me. I mean, that's not criticism of Spike Lee or, or, or studios no, no, no. there, but no studio is going to give Spike Lee that much creative freedom. He did make that weird old boy remake that was... You fucking leave that alone. I mean, oh. shit. He fucking kickstarted The Sweet Blood of Jesus. I, I paid to get a fucking tweet from Spike Lee. Um, that wasn't why I did it. I paid because I wanted to kickstart to Sweet Blood of Jesus, and it was fucking awful. But he'll, um, that you know, he'll do what he can to get his stuff made. And you know, I mean, I, I sound like I suck Netflix's cock all the time, you know, I, I and I do. If if Netflix was Dominic Cummings, I am Boris Johnson. Um, but it, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it they do care about they do seem to care about what the directors want to do. I mean, at the end of the day, if they make a fucking better film like Netflix is just going to look better for it. And I, I, I was reading this crazy thing. So Damien Chazelle um, directed a couple of uh, episodes of this Netflix um, series, the, uh, the Eddie about jazz, jazz club in uh, jazz, uh, jazz club in Paris. It's TV. So I won't watch it. Even though I probably should because Chazelle was a key creative in it, but they were saying that like he insisted on shooting on film and they let him, but for the other directors, they made him shoot on digital <laughs> 
<laughs> which is which is fucking wild. Um, but I, 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 you know, I like that whole idea of like if it's a big enough director who can go, I want to do it this way. Netflix will go, yeah, fine. You know, it's how The Irishman is three and a half hours long and it's released as a film, not as a miniseries. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's how, you know, David Fincher manages to make a film that he, he was trying to get off the, 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 the ground for years that his dad wrote, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. So um, so this Spike Lee going to Netflix and saying, yeah, OK, cool. You're going to give me how much to make this film and I can do it in exactly my own way. Yeah, brilliant. And Netflix go, OK, well, you know, this is going to launch at Cannes, which apparently it was going to, um, you know, Cannes are going to be releasing kind of like what their awards would have got. No, what their selection was in the next couple of weeks. There's going to be some more Netflix stuff in there. Um, and, you know, if this goes well and with the dearth of content, then does that, this film become an Oscar contender? I mean, the fact that it's coming out in June I think I said a few on a few episodes back, it was like, what does that mean for his Oscars prospects? But thinking about it now, it's like if this is like the critically acclaimed film of lockdown. Yeah, that could that that's quite a strong narrative to carry through. You know, yeah. I mean, it's very much like you have no reason to have not actually seen this fucking film as well. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a fucking that is a great point. Um, you know, I mean, Parasite launched at Cannes and it made it all the way. And that that's rare. Um, but who's to say, you know, I mean, like, it's just my fucking dream, which I pray is going to come true, is that it's going to be a Spike Lee versus Nolan versus Fincher. Like, just whichever one of you jerks Ian off and makes him come the best Ian will say is the one that should win best director. You know, just Ian Loring jerk fest 2021. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping the Oscars becomes. I, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that as well, actually, to be honest. I think that's, that'd be a, a wonderful scene for everyone. But I mean... Get jerked off by loads of directors. Yeah. But, the, 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 I mean... Right, as long okay. as it's in ASMR, yes. So here, oh, nice. So here's a tangent, then. It needs to be different aspect ratios for different directors. Oh, OK. Like in the I want it to be in 70 mil IMAX. Like suited to the director, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Right, let's break this down then. Okay, so if it's an IMAX, because it's a slightly more kind of like square kind of framing, um, you know, Fincher likes the 2.35 to 1. That's yep. going to make my dick look bigger. So, <laughs> like, that's a plus in Nolan's column. Now, Fincher, my worry there is he's going to start doing it and then stop because he needs to do another take. <laughs> and then start and then stop and then start and stop. We're going to be there for five hours. Yeah, you're going to be Viagra to the hills. But, yeah, but like, but then the explosion that's going to happen when it finally does happen is is something. Now, Spike Lee, I don't, I just, I, I, the, he'll worry about the technical proficiency so much that I'm not entirely sure he'll ever check on me. <laughs> um. So I think the director who would best jerk me off, I think is going to be Chris Nolan. Yeah. I think, I think that's, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think we did, we, we weren't the science. We trusted the science and we got that. Yeah. Becky, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, which do I think is going to be better for jerking you off? Yeah. 
I'll go with Nolan. Um, what are the truths? No, 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 Mark, I'm not done yet. I need to question this more. What's your reasoning? Watched. What? What's your reasoning? Why Nolan? I think I've killed the recording. We're back in the room. I think we're back in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm taking that as a sign that um, Skype doesn't want to hear uh, Becky's answer. <laughs> we didn't get a question. Um, yeah, Antibella. I think it looks really good. I, I, I still think it looks really good. Ian. What is Antibella it? Antebellum trailer. Did you watch it? What that like minute long one? Yes. Yeah, no, it looks good. Um, it looks cinematic, interesting, um, interesting idea, but behind it, sorry, very windy. Um, yeah, yeah, why not? I, I like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm slightly worried about the casting of Janelle Monet because I, I don't find her an, an amazingly empathetic character. Um, but I, I think that's more to do with her, um, kind of commentary in uh interviews and whatnot more than anything else but um you know yeah i, I I'm, I'm in i'm interested she's pretty decent in hidden figures that's the only film really she, she's very she's great, great in hidden figures yeah, yeah. Uh, i've seen a couple of other things since that she's not been great in. but she's great in hidden figures what films on tv well you don't watch tv i don't watch tv um yeah but antebellum has one of my new trailer bugbears doesn't it Chella. Yeah. So you remember a couple of years ago where any time there was a film trailer, it always started with a single piano card. Yeah. That's been replaced by the cello has, has taken that over. So literally every trailer since Us has either had the continuation of the aggressive hip-hop track or the cello. <laughs> uh, and Antebellum does that. Uh, Forces of Nature. I have no idea what this is. Forces of Nature is a Mel Gibson movie where he is refusing to leave his apartment um, and then nobody knows why. Why, why seems... are you trying to get him to leave the apartment? Because, is... because it's set during the hurricane that destroyed Puerto Rico. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then it seems to be there's because he's not wanting to leave the apartment because he's trying to protect something from hoods yeah like some kind of gang yeah i don't know when when you've got a russell crowe as a crotchety old man trailer and then a mel gibson crotchety old man trailer come out so close together you can't help but compare them and the russell crowe crotchety old man film just looks better is that is that because Russell Crowe looks like he's playing a crotchety old man, whereas Mel Gibson seems like he is a crotchety old it man. It could be that. It could have something to do with that. Yeah. I mean, it looks fine. It just looks a bit boring. Uh, uh, it, 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 look, it has a very strong Tuesday night Netflix <laughs> vibes to it. Yeah, it does, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm up for that. Um, another Tuesday night Netflix vibe movie. The Netflix movie, The Old Guard. I think it's quite interesting. It's right 
Netflix is street as well. It is. It also has the generic Netflix posters, isn't it? Yeah. Did you watch this one again? Content, content, content. That's yeah. all I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, it looks fine and I'll watch it. Oh, but... yeah, I, I'll watch it. It looks fine. I'll watch it. Do I want Becky, to... we've got a main review that week. That's yeah. all I care about. <laughs> will, will, will I watch a Charlize Theron fronted movie where she plays an ancient soldier? Yeah, go on then. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm alright. If this movie is anything above 107 minutes, I'm worried, but it can't be. Can it? Let's see. Let's see the old guard, see if it's got a runtime yet. The old guard. It is, wow, it's 118 minutes. So I'm saying 107 minutes credits. I think we're about all right. I think yeah. we're all right. Ooh, that was that was a way of uh, that was a way of wriggling out of that one, Mr. Cummings. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> it was Cummings-esque, wasn't it? <laughs> Before we get into the biggie, your interpretation of 107 minutes. Sorry, Becky. <laughs> Has anyone watched the trailer for Relic? That came out a few days ago, and I've, I've been meaning to watch it and not got around to it. No. Oh. What is it? It's a horror movie with Emily Mortimer in it. Apparently, it's the scariest movie of the year, but they say that about every single fucking one, don't they? That's the news. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emily Mortimer, Bella Heathcote. A nerd. Other people. Um, but yeah, I just thought you wanted to see it anyway. So, Tenet. Sorry, Becky. All right. It just, it doesn't give any more away, does it? Which is good. I don't really want to know any more about it before I go into it. But it was just, I think with the Tenet trailer actually dropping, and we'll, we'll discuss the way that it dropped afterwards oh, i'm gonna tie it before we discuss that um i think it was just oddly comforting more than anything else getting closer and closer to yeah, what yeah. is supposed to be the release date and not having another trailer was making me nervous that yeah, yeah. i didn't really think it was going to happen yeah yeah and then we got it so yay <laughs> um but i think it's going to be another one of those ones that I think it's going to be another like inception where it's going to be again open to interpretation um and a bit confusing and people are going to talk about it for ages which is what you want from an hour movie yeah 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 it's um i've watched this trailer five times <laughs> nice is it your is it your my fallout trailer um no I rewatched um, the Fallout trailer. I did notice you rewatched the Fallout trailer. Nice. I noticed on my YouTube when I went to look for something that I previously watched and started to redo it as one of yoga things. And I was like, Fallout. Oh, Becky. <laughs> it's a really good trailer. Anyway, sorry, you carry on. Yeah, so I was just saying I watched the Tenet trailer five times. Um, now, yeah, and I, I, I suppose in a way it was because. I I wanted to be really, really impressed by something. And that sounds awful. Um, but I think the bit at the end with the airplane 
was supposed to be the bit that we were supposed to be really impressed by. And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of not. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's the con. Like, so the, what is the concept it, that like there are going to be like almost like locations where time runs backwards or are people going to get the ability to make time run backwards, but you're still forward or because it, 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 they've been very sort of, what is it to say? The only thing I've seen about it is I can't remember what it was who commented. Was it Rob Pattinson commented and that said, it's not about time. It's travel. Not about time travel. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about it. it I'm not, I think he said, something like, oh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to kill you myself. Um, Killian Murphy's famous for giving away things, so he's no longer allowed to do interviews and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. he's terrible at it. Well, he said, I, "I don't, I don't really necessarily understand it myself, so yeah. I can't really give anything away." This is Killian Murphy, who literally on a Radio One interview gave away that he was a scarecrow at the start of it by nice. saying, "So I play the scarecrow." <laughs> but he went, "I wasn't supposed to say that." <laughs> yeah, and he, 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 he's. He straight up said he was in Dark Knight Rises as well before yeah. anything had been announced about him. Um, yeah, no, that's funny. Yeah. I, it, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, okay, fine. There's a Russian who's bad and John David Washington is out to stop him. And I already get the sense that Robert Pattinson is going to be on John David Washington's side, but he's going to be a little bit roguey and is maybe going to cause some shit himself. Um, there's there was one particular moment in the trailer where he says, like, we have to save these people now. And it's almost like the now is an inference of not with your timey-wimey stuff. Timey-wimey um, stuff. With what we've seen of it, that six-minute clip that we saw of it. Um, oh, God, that was good times, that, wasn't it? With that, that... Just like a lifetime just ago. Just like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? <laughs> um, with what we saw of it there, there is... It, 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 it kind of makes sense that it's not about time travel there. Yeah. And that it's about a, a bending of time. At just... I mean, personally, I think with the trailer, it's yeah, it's, you said but it's not giving anything new away. Um, it's maybe a source code kind of vibe, where you can go back into it as a simulation, but you can't. No, I don't. I think it's gonna be. I think. I think it's gonna. I, I think it's gonna be something that everyone's gonna be guessing at, and then when they actually get there, it's gonna be. Oh, well, nobody fucking guessed that, yeah. apart from one prickle guy. Oh, no, I guess that. I thought. I like, you No, I won't. I'm not that smart. No, yeah, I mean, if, if I do, it will be accident rather than anything like that. It it's will, frogs. It, it will be, I'll say something stupid and it'll happen. I'll go, you know, my version was a lot dumber than that. Sorry, that's what I was no, going to no. say, Antebellum. I wouldn't want to be bringing out a time travel related movie again in the same year as Tenet because it will be compared and it will be found lacking. Well, we hope. Well, we don't hope. We hope they're both good and equal ways. God, but what if it's what if it's Prometheus all over again, Mark? I can't cope with that. Don't, don't, don't. I can't, I can't cope yeah, with that. Yeah, please don't do that. It, it's um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, 
I, I haven't seen anything from the two trailers so far that say you must see this in the cinema. Um, and I'm sh- the thing is, I know the film will have those moments. I know it will. Um, but neither of the trailers have quite made me go, oh, fucking hell, cool. But the fact that you guys are saying the prologue was really fucking yeah. eye-opening. Yeah, neither of the trailers for me are... If we hadn't seen that six minute thing, yeah, I'd be excited for it because it's a new Nolan movie, but I won't be as excited for it. If, if, if that is anything to go by, yeah, I am well excited. Plus, Robert Pattinson essentially doing a a new different version of what Tom Hardy did in Inception. Mm-hmm. I, I am well up for. No, I mean that, that's it. I mean it's a really interesting um, cast, you know. Uh, um, Elizabeth Debicki is uh, is there as someone, and he's um, always brilliant in anything she does. Yep, yeah, straight up. Uh, Clements Posey, I I, I like. Um, she seems to be almost like the the cue of the fucking situation. Uh, into that, why not? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Kenneth Branagh. I mean, like he's potential to be a bit hammy but i fucking love that how do you want to die old you picked the wrong profession to be in yeah. like that's a fantastic fucking exchange also but, as well martin donovan in anything is always an absolute fucking treat yeah uh, yeah no quite i mean the casting is fucking down um really looking forward to it i suppose that there is a there is an argument for not fucking just like as my dog does just fucking laying down whenever she sees a male dog and saying paint me like one of your french girls <laughs> um but um yeah it's i i'm 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 up for it really fucking hope it makes july and we'll take it from there yeah so a film that definitely didn't make it's um cinematic release are we going with this one first yeah we're going with josh trent's capone first why not? I don't know. I feel, like that's a, I, think, I feel like that's a last film. No, it's time to review. Just because uh, Amelie was your choice, Rebecca. No, no, no. Because, like, you finished strong with Papa, and I think that's going to be the most interesting discussion. I don't know. No. I, I, th- I think we're probably going to disagree massively on Moonrise Kingdom. I think that could be an interesting discussion. Yeah. <laughs> so Capone uh, is written and directed by Josh Trank um, stars Tom Hardy um, Linda Cardinelli uh, Noel Fisher, Carl McLaughlin Matt Dillon you laugh at that? Linda who? words <laughs> noises it wasn't as bad as some of them to be fair Bex I mean like I, it's not it's not one of those it wasn't one of those ones I was thinking of picking him up on no, but it's literally in front of him in writing. Even if you phonetically sounded it out, you'd get close. <laughs> That's probably fair. <laughs> Say it. Last ones. Emmy. It's definitely not Cardone- Cardinelli. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. You finished? <laughs> You need to get some new glasses. I think I need to get some new glasses. <laughs> I need to have a full fucking bar and castle. Cam yeah. um, uh, Lockett and Matt Dillon. Uh, what is the story of? Well, it is It is kind of the story. It's a dramatisation of the last year of Al Capone's life. 
and the FBI's efforts to try and find out if he did hide $10 million. I mean, they don't really make many efforts, do they? Like, they're just in a van. I mean, they're bugging him and they're questioning him and they're trying to get his physician to find things out for them. They only question him that one memorable time, though. I would say that, 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 that they are. They're, that, they're, they're putting in a bit of effort. Yeah. Well I think they get all the answers they need from that interview, quite yeah. right. <laughs> um, I, I, the film also focuses on the fact that um, Capone has um, dementia brought on by adolescent syphilis. Um, the bad Sif. The bad Sif. Uh, and so it is about his deteriorating mind. Mind and how. But remember, if even if he he has hidden this money, uh, Ian. Um, what do you think of Capone? Um. I think it's really interesting that Josh Trank got this made. Um, this time, it says. Is it us? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello, you're back. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I heard all of that pretty much. That was weird. Good. Um. So yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting that. Um, Capone got made um, it's a film that doesn't feel like it's one from someone who's kind of like been in direct to jail um, it, it, you know it, it, it's a really odd quite interesting piece of work which I think w- maybe would have worked better if it didn't have the performance at the centre of it that it did and that's not to say that Tom Hardy is bad um but the just and, and i don't know maybe it is the, di- the the direction but the kind of like the mumbling incoherent just what the fuck of tom hardy's performance and i, I mean it actually do you know what i think it probably is trying because the fact that he shits himself not once but twice nice. on screen um you know i mean like which what is the intention there? I mean, is it to just show how low Capone has fallen? And I, I made, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a dualistic protect, um, one I think there. I think it's either to show how low he has fallen, um, if as believed uh, and is is essentially most likely true that he was suffering from from uh, dementia. Or for those who still claim that he was faking it all, uh, most of it have been largely discredited, but for those who still claim that he's faking it all, it was him essentially going all out to fucking fake it to essentially stop the interview. Yeah, no. thesis that he had, which is also known as general paralysis of the insane, according to Al Capone's Wikipedia page. Cool. Or paralytic dementia. Cool. No, but I mean, yeah, it's I I, I, I don't know. I get that, though. but I mean, it just it, it is. Is it supposed is it supposed to be funny when he shits himself and then just makes fart noises while the FBI guy is trying to interview him? Because yeah. that felt like it. That should be the film's Oscar clip to me. Um, and I, 
I just don't know what quite they were striving at. I mean, it, it doesn't help that if a lot of it was, if Matt Dillon was in his head, why is there a scene where Linda Cardinelli or someone calls him? He's fucking some random woman and says, yeah, I'll be there in a couple of days. It's like, what did Capone imagine that? Yeah, because that does happen. You know, she, she does call him. But maybe he exists, but he's just not there. And Capone's but, imagining him there, but he does exist in real life. But isn't he the person who, like, he beat to death, though? Because there's that kind of, like, that guy who was, like, uh, was all bandaged up or, like, had the shit all over him. Like, and then, because Matt Dillon's, like... Um, or just stuff. No, all that stuff over him. Like that, that, that sequence when Matt Dillon comes to him and he was just like, take these and like plucks his eyes out and gives them to Capone. And there's like that cut to the shot of the guy who was all bloodied and beaten up and what earlier on. And the inference is that it was him. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you've got that scene. And then there's the scene where they're on the boat as well. And it's like, so what did that take place? Because, I mean, and also when he, they're watching the wizard of Oz, he's there but then Linda Cardellini says very directly to that Milo guy, no one else comes. I don't want anybody else talking to him. So it's like by the end of the film, it's like I know some of it's supposed to be in his head and some of it isn't. But the Matt Dillon character literally makes no sense if he's in his head or not in his head. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and the fact that the film boldly says, like, I mean, Josh Trank has got a very, very rough ride. But, mate, if you are going to put your two last title cards at the start, edited by Josh Trank, written and directed by Josh Trank, and then the first ti- and, and then the first card in the credits, a film by Josh Trank, you probably need to fucking own some of this shit. So, it, it yeah, I, I, it felt more and more incoherent as it went on but i don't think that that was necessarily for mood i think it was just because they didn't quite know what they were doing um but i mean yeah i mean i think hardy in himself singular is is decent i thought cardellini was really really good yeah um like really like really good that whole that whole bit where she's saying um that they're saying you know get some of the guys to move in take care of you and she was like i've been waiting 28 years for peace and quiet i ain't scared of him you know that that's fantastic that's a great moment there's some good shit going on in here but there's also tom hardy shitting himself and then audibly farting and i don't know whether to laugh or not that's capone Bex, what were your thoughts? It is, I mean, it, it is a bit of a car crash. Um, it's, I kind of feel like what they were trying to do was to portray, obviously, like you said before, his his fall from being Capone to being Fonza. Grandpa Fonzie, who can't really remember what he's doing and shits himself. Like, I think that was the vibe that they were going for. And I think there are points where it feels like they wanted to do quite a poignant take on what dementia is like. Mm. But they don't stick the landing. But yeah. I think that confusing kind of thing of, like like with the Matt Dillon character, what's real, what's not. You know, the Tommy Gunn 
um, when he goes on that shooting spree, all these things. And you're like, did that did that happen, or was it just one of his kind of hallucinations, or what? I think that confusing. I think that's deliberate. They've gone for like a confusing thing, so to try and get across how confusing it is to have like a dementia type illness, but they've just not done it as well as they needed to to actually succeed. My, I think that's what they were going for. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I agree that my issue with that, though, is if you're going to make a movie about dementia and about the confusing nature of dementia and that, then make a movie about dementia, right? It doesn't have to be about Capone. But, no. and if you're going to make a movie about Capone, make a movie about Capone. Even if you're going to make the a movie about the last days of Capone, mm. make a movie about the last days of Capone. I'm fine with all of those things. Except what Josh Trank here has done is he's not made a movie about dementia because it doesn't explore it anywhere near enough and doesn't get anywhere near enough clear of what it's doing. Mm. He's not made a movie about Capone because most of this didn't fucking happen. Yeah. So he's used Capone to try and make his dementia movie, but I don't think he ever wanted to make a dementia movie. He. Yeah. Um. And even the whole crux of his story, if you're going to change reality, have him fucking finding the 10 mil. Imagine him finding the 10 mil. He can't even successfully... Oh, well, no, because that's the bit at the end with the water. Because uh, it's all floating around in the water with him, isn't it? But still, it just didn't feel right. <laughs> it, it, it all just felt like... He seems to have the laziest filmmaking out there uh, in the sense that he made bits of a film. Never actually quite made an entire film. <laughs> Ian is, is very much getting into Capone. <laughs> um, Hardy seems confused about um, what he's supposed to be doing. What, so one thing I will say on the hard and fast criticism of the movie is the makeup is shite. The makeup's terrible. It, it, right? The, but the, the bad thing there is you actually have pictures of Capone towards the end, towards of, his the end of his life yeah. at that time. And um, yeah, he looks like a guy in his 40s who is ill, not a guy in his late 70s that is ill. It is. Fucked up when they say he's 48 years old. It's like, what? I, I was telling oh, Becky and uh, saying, uh, to be honest, and I, the thing is, I don't know that much about porn uh, anything like that. I'm sure Tom Hardy and Josh Trank have done an awful lot more research than I've ever looked into the life of Capone, mm. right? But I'm sure Hardy has. Even, even I know that most of that didn't happen. That largely a lot of the even the bits of well this might have happened no that's been completely fucking discredited and I also know that he didn't fucking look like that. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the and I think that's a lot what, of people won't have watched the, because of that. The, 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 sorry, babes. The, the more powerful image is actually him looking like shit for a guy in his late forties, mm. not the almost satirical nature of this that's it they've made it they've made it so that it can be laughed at 
Yeah, it, 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 it's it, it's so much larger than life that it's that it's like right. It's just not like it. You've just made crap. Mm. Literally, have made crap. And then you're gonna piss and moan about it again, like you did last time you made crap. That tells me that Tom Hardy reads this script. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. I, but I think he found it interesting. He, he, you know, he tried to play Capone previously with um, what was uh, David Yates was trying to do a Capone movie, mm. uh, but it was supposed to be about the life of Capone. Mm. Um, and I think it was it, it, it seemed interesting. He got involved in it, and then it, it just. Trank is very quickly just becoming a Hollywood brat when things don't go the way that he wants people to think they've gone. He bitches and moans. I mean, like it, to 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 be fair to Trank, he's he has come out and said like if people don't like this one, then fucking fair enough. This is this is my cut. This this is me. Um, and I I I don't know. I mean, like I don't it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think I like it more than than you guys. Um, I, really I, I mean, like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. Wow. Is that the vibe I was giving off? No, I really liked it. I just I just feel like it could have been the film in their heads was better than the film that ended up on screen. Uh, the film they wanted to make was better than that. If it was more about the kind of like the the fucking like the dream slash nightmare landscape that this version of Capone finds himself in, kind of like dealing with all the sins of the past, like that like ten fifteen minute section where he like wanders off, and then um he's um at that party and like fucking is that supposed to be Louis Armstrong's like yes like singing, um like I I thought that was really striking and it's very you know, Peter Deming, who's David Lynch's cinematographer, like... Quite haunting, that scene, isn't it? Sorry? Quite a haunting scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down and... And, I mean, it, it's got that Lynchy, like, dream logic shit to it at that point. And the whole kind of, like, the the, mo- the visual motif of, like, the golden balloon... Um, yeah, like where he's just wandering around and all this strange shit's happening. He's in that room with that woman and, you know, like, you know, talking about the kid and then like she just seems to want to shag him. And it's, you know, I, I, I liked all that stuff. But then, I yeah, I mean, like the, the bit with the gold Tommy gun, it's like, is he actually killing the Mexican gardener that he obviously doesn't like from the start or, or, or not? And, um, you know, it's. The, the the thread of um Carl McLaughlin and like they're trying to get the the answers like 15 minutes of the film left to go and then you cut to some random FBI office where the guy's saying like well can we interview him you know it, it it's it just feels very very choppy but there are sections in the film that feel strong so for Trank to then come out and say this is my cut is surprising because this feels like a cut put together by an editor asked by the studio to put together a cut because they don't know what to release. But then, but then Trank's very, very quick to promote himself as being the writer, director and editor. And editor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I mean... That, that, I would now look right. at the fact that actually maybe it's because you've got too much creative control that your movie's a, a bit of a mess. But yes. then, I mean, like... Sorry. Benefited it. Yeah. 
it, it, it then it, it kind of becomes, slightly becomes a case for me then of um, can't 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 win either way. Um, yeah, and, and you know, and maybe it's just like I maybe mean, he just shouldn't make films. Is, I don't know. There is but. one way he can he, he can win. He, he could make a good film. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I I think if if you've got right if you've got that cast who are all up for it and going for it right and you've got peter deming as your cinematographer who it, you know is a very good cinematographer right if out of that you don't get a great film or at least a, 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 a very good film if not flawed film then you need to look at director and writer and if it's as choppy as it is, you need to look at editor. And Trank wrote it, directed it, and edited it. It's the problem there is is, is him, and it, it it smacks about. I, I, there might be a good filmmaker in Josh Trank. There really might be. This seems like it's not a movie he should have made in three or four movies time. The problem is he probably isn't going to get three or four movies time now because. His last two movies have essentially torpedoed his career. I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think it's as bad as that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's very, very obvious, and it is quite funny on first sight. But I'm like, just seeing the headline of one review of it where it just says Capone shits the bed, and mm. it, it's, you know, that, yeah, that that is quite funny. But it just, I, I agree with what you're saying. It, it's not bad, but. A, a, a movie about studying the the dimension in the last days of Al Capone, starring Tom Hardy, Carmen McLaughlin, Matt Dillon, and Linda Cardinelli. Cardellini, sorry. Um, should that be a better movie than what you watched? It should be. It it, it should be. It should be. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. Um, I I I like I. I, I think there is stretches of it that have got some interesting shit going on i i'm not entirely sure that hardy's performance is exactly what this film was going for but i'm kind of glad it exists um i yeah i i i, I don't know i thought uh, the thought the performances were, were pretty decent you know um, i don't think any I, I don't think anyone is straight up bad um it just it's like you said it is fucking chop it's choppy as fuck. It is. And do I think Josh Trank... I, 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 for Josh Trank's mental health, I don't think he should fucking work in movies, quite frankly. Um, but I I don't think it's as bad as you, as you think it is, Mark. And that's that's absolutely fine. But I'm believe me, it's not going anywhere near my like best of the year list. I I just it, it probably it, I mean it, it, if if we watch enough movies, fingers crossed this year. <laughs> if we can watch enough 2020 releases this year, it probably won't be in my bottom five. It it, it might squeeze my bottom ten. But I hate it. I just think that my thing there is always you you should do better. Mm. If you've got the hubris to surely write it and so and, and, and edit your own movie, mm. you've got to fucking do better. 
You've got to fucking own it and fucking, you've got to nail it because there's extra pressure on it. And it, I just don't think he does. And it, and, and I and I I always bulk at the idea of um, well, at least an ambition. I don't care. Ambition's bullshit if you aren't stick it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, but you two liked it a lot more than me. I and I'm amazing. glad that you two liked it a lot more than yeah. me because I think it's good that people like movies. <laughs> Go on, Bex. Uh, no, I mean, like I say, it's um, it, it's interesting enough for me. I, I don't know what rating I'd give it. What what rating did you guys give it? We haven't given ratings yet. Uh, I'm ask you guys for your ratings now. Okay. Definitely not shit for me. Yeah, I think yeah, I found it interesting enough that it yeah. Well, Capone might have touched some cloth in it, but I'm going to give it a shit. Oh, Nice. <laughs> he, he, he probably shit in it. Yeah, he, he, he did. Yeah. Um, I, can I just point out, I actually really wanted to enjoy this. I really did. Yeah, you did, actually. Because I didn't want to watch this. Because, no, because, because this is the sort of thing that, that I like. Um, I, I, I would love to see a, a properly good Capone movie, even if it is about this period of Capone. But... So I'm still waiting. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what should we do next? What shall we do next? I'm, uh, I'm going to do going to the toilet, starring Ian Loring. <laughs> what should we do? Uh, so what have you been watching then? Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, I must, is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He, he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody. <laughs> he looks like somebody who can keep a secret. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day glow sentimentality? to try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context. Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies or John Hughes movies, you will will not not find find that here. here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games or Stranger Things references, you will will not not find find that that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads or Patreon begging, you will will not not find find that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. 
In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. And we you can do what you've been watching of the solo. Um, what just so you? Well, not the audience. Apart from a letterbox. What have I watched on my own? Or we can do, we can we can start Emily if you would like. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead, you can you can just Emily because it's your choice. <laughs> um, okay, so Emily was chosen as um as I really like. Jeunet movies with the exception of Amelie. Yeah. Um I, I, I get on with all his films apart from when I watched this years ago, I wasn't keen. What was the reason for why you weren't keen? I don't know really. Because you, you seem to really because you, you didn't want to watch it either. I don't think you were as big a Jeunet film at the time, were you? No. No. But then we watched this and I was like, what's all the fucking fuss about? And then watched I think it was, it's one of those things, if, if if a film is touted as being, oh, just so amazing and life-changing and all this kind of shit to you for long enough, and then you watch it and you're just like, oh, it's fine. It's it's like, it makes you dislike it more. It, and I think I, that was maybe what it was with that. I way. think it was because it was an accessible um, foreign language film for many. Not to be the synopsis. Amazing. Um, okay, so... Amelie is a Jean-Pierre Jeunet movie starring Audrey Tattoo. Um, basically, Amelie is brought up in a very sheltered household. Her father is very unaffectionate. Her mother is killed when she's quite young by uh, a suicidal German, I believe it says. Um, and she, from falling from like a big tower on top yeah. of her, um, she... It sets a precedent, which she leads a very introverted life. Um, and the death of Princess Diana sort of causes her to reevaluate things around her. And she decides that if she can't, she can't fix her life, she can help fix other people's lives after she finds a little kind of time capsule thing in the wall from a, a boy that lived in her apartment previously. And she starts doing little missions trying to help people. Yeah. Yeah. Find true love at the same time. I don't uh, think that's her, her initial aim. Uh, no, I don't think it's her initial aim. I think it's to find a, a greater sense of self. Um, and, you know, there you go. Mark, what did you think of Amelie on rewatch? Um, well, I'm not as much a Jeanette fan as you are. There's a certain element of, uh, of, of kookiness, I think, to his movies. Mm. Um, I don't tend to get on with you tend to get on with a lot better and that that kind of aesthetic and you know I think we've said you know there's a Gillian esque kind of visual green. visual um, to it yeah um, from that there I think also there's a um, a storytelling is similar to with Anderson which we'll get to when we talk about the Kingdom um, 
so I think visually he's very similar to someone like Gilliam and storytelling wise I think you could storytelling wise there's there's an element of Gilliamness in it the chaotic nature of the way he tells stories not in Amelie yeah but in things like yeah. City of Lost Children yeah. and Micmacs um you really did hate Micmacs yeah, I hate Micmacs um so but yeah so i was i didn't mind amelie the first watched it I, i'll be honest i at the time i think i was like yeah it's, 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 it's all right it's all right it's all right it's all right because what i didn't want to do was go i definitely quite dull um mm. because at the time that would have seemed like well like, that's because you you know you didn't understand it in french it's like well no i just thought it was fucking dull um <laughs> i can read it being in French does not hinder I mean, it in any way. It's debatable. I mean, <laughs> uh, so rewatching it, um, what did I think? It's too fucking long. And I know I said that about almost every movie. This movie is too fucking long. You know how you say you wouldn't get on with TV? Yeah. You know TV shows are shorter than films. Yeah, but there's loads of them. Mm. We've got to string them all together. If you take away the fucking credits and shit like that, you've mm. just got one big long fucking movie, don't you? <laughs> Bullshit. Um, it's it's sweet. I enjoy it. There's bits in it, there's storylines that I enjoy. Um, the chaotic nature of it irks me sometimes. I wanted to stop it and go, right, you're telling something very, very slowly, but very, very fast. <laughs> and all it's doing is it's stopping me caring. Um, there's too many characters. I think... I think um, that Janet fell in love with the the movie a little bit too much. Well, the lots of characters thing is it's a thing, it is yeah. A thing, yeah. But there's an awful lot in here. Yeah. That have little side missions that are going on, yeah. and because of that, I it, it, there was some side missions I was more interested in than the main fucking mission, and I was a bit like, do you know what? Don't give a shit about that. What the fuck are you talking about? Amelie. Amelie? Yes. Right. Okay. Uh, just You were talking about side missions, and it was just like, what have you been playing? It's like side stories, I think. I get, I get, no, I get it. I get it. There are side missions in Amelie. I mean, to be fair, the main mission kind of feels like a side mission. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think it's given any more weight than, no, than it, the it, other it, ones. No, it's not. And it, it just, for me, it feels a little bit too, a little bit too floaty for me. Um, and once you get over the, oh, isn't Audrey oh, too adorable? Um, well, I don't think she has the adorable thing in this because she's got hideous hair all the way through it. Once you get past the Audrey too adorable thing, then um, it, it starts to, it, things start to irk me a little bit. Hmm. I did enjoy it, but I wish it was 25 minutes shorter. It is too long. It's yeah. way too long. I, I was surprised it's only just over two hours long. I thought I was watching it for a good two and a half hours. Yeah. I paused it at one point and was like, holy shit, how is there still 45 minutes left? Mm-hmm. Um, Ian, because you haven't said your piece, have you? No. Ian, what do you think of Amelie? I'm guessing rewatch. No, it's a first watch. Um, yeah, and you're gonna have to forgive me. I fucking like my back's been twingy all day, and it's doing some fucking horrible shit now. So um, 
that walk downstairs was ill-advised. Um, yeah, Amelie, I... <sighs> I'll tell you what, I've never fucking felt older than I do in 2020, I swear to God. Um, yeah, it, 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 I I was, for the first hour or so, I was just fucking in love. I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly the twee kind of shit that I eat up with a spoon. Um, and then the, the kind of, the, the, like the love kind of plot kind of kicked in a little bit. And it was like, she makes quite clear at the start that, you know, she doesn't really need a man and she's doing perfectly well without it. And then suddenly this, the most overly extended meat cute you ever did see kind of dominates the film. Um, and I, I thought that was a real shame because I, I, I did quite like some of the side stuff that was going on. The fucking gaslighting with the mean grocer was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I, I fucking every single bit of that. I love just like the swapping the door handles, and just like just really putting someone on edge with just doing weird little shit in their in their <laughs> in their house that just doesn't feel right. Well, Loved it. Flippers for a smaller size. It, it, it's such small yeah. shit as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The light bulbs for like a slightly dimmer wattage. Yeah. That was yeah, that one's amazing, and he's just looking at the two lights and just can't <laughs> quite figure out what's wrong there. No, I mean that 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 was great. Um, but then like the like I said, the main plot not super into the um the bit with the uh making the the guy fall in love with the tobacconist, which at the end of it is just like yeah, like he's a psycho and she's best off out of it. Kind of probably could have told you that from the start of that, Fred. Mm-hmm. Um. I, like I I I could see why people were like were into it and are into it. I like I, visually, I think it's incredible and the, the kind of like the whimsical tone of it. Big fan of and, and Amelie herself, lovely character. Um, but by the end of it, I was a little bit let down considering what I'd, what I'd kind of how it started for me. What was your feelings, Becky? Did it because obviously, like we say, start you weren't a fan first time. Yeah. Has it won you back over? Not to the extent that people, other people like it. I liked it more on rewatch than initial. Yeah. It was a lot less saccharine than I remembered it being and more fun and whimsical. Mm. Um, the bit with the gnome was, was funny. Yeah, but the gnome's great. Um, and yeah. I thought, like, at the start, I thought she's, she's clearly just taking it into a travel agent or something, taking a picture in front of the background. The fact that she was getting her flight attendant friend to actually take it around the world was awesome. Um, the the love story, I actually quite liked that, because I think it was that the, the arc for her is that, yes, she can survive quite well on her own without putting branches out into the world, but... From the help that she gives from to other people, she sees them happy and realizes what's missing in her life, which is human connection. She doesn't she doesn't have anything apart from very distant relationships with the people she works with, and she's still got this distant relationship with her father. And yeah, you know they're all kind of at arm's length, and she never lets anybody in. And I think that's quite it's quite sweet. But then the actual execution of her trying to get 
him to find her and then he does and then she refuses yeah she denies it's her and all this kind of stuff that's the bit that could have been trimmed that's the fact that could have been trimmed for me like you either want him to find you or you fucking don't make a decision yeah um that dragged on for far too long but that bit where she's she does the thing and gets him to follow the arrows and then look through the camera that's that's quite that's quite good but it's it's the bit when he when he actually meets her at the cafe really pissed me off for some reason it's like he's right there you're right there the only thing you're wearing in that picture that to cover you is like a little eye mask he fucking knows it's you yeah so that that bugged me um but yeah overall i i, I actually quite liked it i'd still say it's probably my least favorite of his films right um but then for me the other ones are just they tick boxes for me Whereas this one is like kind of a whimsical love story, which isn't really my bag. I'm not really into like romantic films. See, I am. Yeah. I love a romantic film. I love you a rom com. But this just doesn't doesn't flick any of my buttons that much. <laughs> flick any of your buttons. Yeah. I've actually not seen the young and prodigious T S bit. There we go. Got a bit of homework for you. Well, exactly. Um so where where are we then? What what's everyone's feelings like? Well, it's definitely not shit. It's just, I wish I could like it as much as other people do. I think I'm with you there, Bex. Mm. Yeah, it's, I just, I, oh, I was enjoying it so much to start with. It starts pretty strong, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, And then it just, yeah, it, it, it slightly petered out for me. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not shit. I wish they'd stuck with the original French title and just translated it. Uh, yes. The yeah, that's fair. is much better than just family. Yeah, it, it, it is, but it's not quite. You know, it, it's then, wordy. It's not. It's not emancipation of Harley Quinn. But then this, what I would say is, it. I remember when this came out. It, it did manage to strike a chord with non-French speaking. Yeah, it was, it was a good. It did did do well crossover wise. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and so I think that was it. I, I, I'm definitely not shit. It's definitely not shit. Will I watch it again? No. Um, See, that's the thing for me. I will. I will watch it again, but I will quite happily sit and watch Delicatessen, City of Lost Children, um, Mickey I, I won't watch any of those either again. Delicatessen is really good. I just it, I don't get along with. No, I know. It's not my. It's not my bag. Uh, our audience poll. Did I do our audience poll before? I don't think I did, did I? No. I didn't, did I? <gasps> Shame on me. Shame. So our audience um, poll for Capone is definite shit 14%, <laughs> touching cloth 57%, and shit 29%. Our audience poll for Amelie is definite shit 86%, touching cloth 0%, and shit 14%. Fair so shall we do some what we have been the watching? Yes. So go on then. Ian, what are you watching, bud? Uh, rewatched Detective Pikachu. Uh, watched it with uh, Donna and Lottie. Donna hadn't seen it before. Um, Donna is heavily into Pokemon Go. Um, was literally identifying Pokemon when they came up on screen, saying, "Oh, look, it's a." Blah, 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 which I thought was very cute. Um, and, yeah, 
Uh, I, I, I really like Sense of Pikachu. It's a laugh. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do next. Um, hoping it's this kind of style and tone, not necessarily right with Ryan Reynolds in it again. But, you know, we'll see how we go. Um, yeah, a uh, fan of Sense of Pikachu. Uh, also watched uh, Clouds of Sills Maria. Um, so I, I've talked about this on the, the, the show uh, like a good while back. Um, directed by Olivia Sayers, uh, starring Juliette Binoche and Kristen Stewart. Um, I believe it's the film that Christian Stewart won Best Actress at the, uh, the the Césars, the French Academy Awards, and she was like the first woman who uh, uh, American who uh, ever won Best Actress at that awards. Um, it's on Criterion Channel in the US, um, and I watched um, the uh, the extras as well. Really like Clouds of Sils Maria. I believe it was in my top hundred the, the decade as well. Yeah, it was. Um, just really great, almost two hander. Um, about a woman just kind of coming to terms with where she is in the world now, um, you know, the kind of age happening to her, but by the end finding that she still has purpose. Um, Christian Stewart's character, I think, is really interesting. Have either of you two seen this? I've not seen it yet, no. Um, I've seen a few of his other ones, and I've always really enjoyed them. Yeah, I it, it, it's I, like, it. I, yeah. Sorry. He did boarding gate. The Adrian General Michael Madsen. Uh, for that. uh, yes. That's actually quite a, a fun movie. That. Mm. Yeah, no, he's. Um, I, I, I like the stuff that he um that I, I've seen of his as well. Um, and yeah, it, um, Christian Stewart plays Jillian Benoche's uh, personal assistant. Benoche's uh, an actress who, um was in a fear in a theatre production by an acclaimed playwright when she was younger the acclaimed playwright dies and uh but there, there's talk about doing it again but with her in the older woman role and then chloe moretz basically playing the the, the girl who's going to take the younger actress role um a lot of it is christian stewart julia binoche uh, basically kind of like just talking to each other and juliet binoche like kind of like um kind of negging Christian Stewart at points even though Christian Stewart's got perfectly salient things to say and uh, Moretz plays uh, a, a kind of like a stereotypical actress who's gone off the rails who's now looking for credibility blah 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 um, and yeah I, I, it, it, it's a, a classy time it's an interesting time it looks amazing the locations are incredible it, it's just a, a good film to be in the company of for a couple of hours um so yeah i recommend it and if anyone has the criterion uh channel or the uh the criterion edition of the um the blu-ray or the dvd in the u.s it's um the like there's two 40 minute um interview uh pieces one with Asaeus and then one with Benoche and stewart which are, are, are well worth looking at so yeah um clouds of Sils maria it's yeah i really really fucking like that film um and do i have any others um i rewatched cats uh <laughs> so um obviously given cats miss but um what i what i will say it's fucking incredible that they've they've put out the version of cats which was the version before they replaced the visual effects so i can't mental that like, they just don't what? give a shit that much yeah yeah i it's and it's so weird that they actually did that in the cinema, you know, to try and almost like save face. Um, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I sent some pictures in the in the, the the WhatsApp group. I don't know if Becky's seen it, but it's just the one shot of the cat just fucking wearing lace up trainers. <laughs> it's so fuck like. I mean, Stimble Shanks, the railway cat, the cat of the railway train, um, has tap shoes on. Um, but I mean, like to be fair, I I don't know how you see. How do you CG out tap shoes? It kind of feels like if they had another couple months, they would have CG'd out the tap shoes. Um, it, it just like it's so inconsistent, and it, like some of the some of the hands look like human hands. Sometimes they kind of look more catty, but still not cat hands. What I will say about the film itself, um, I mean, obviously I'm going to record a commentary and a commentary of the commentary and whatnot. Um, on rewatch. There are set that there, there are sections that are fucking stupefying and like I watched it with Donna and we were drinking and it was a very very good drunk watch like very <laughs> like fucking hell um started watching it with Donna uh, with Lottie as well and like at the end of the first song Lottie was just like what's a jellical cat and it was like nobody knows um and she gave up like 15 minutes in like went upstairs watched her ipad we just watched the rest of it um but uh, i mean the star is it's awful like i'm sure it's how the musical starts like it's just like it, it, it that sounded bad, but that's pretty much how it sounds in the fucking yeah, film. That's pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah. Like it's so atonal, and it's like what? Oh, and Lottie also said, "Daddy, this music is making my ears hurt." You know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I, well, I 100% see it. Daddy, this makes my ears hurt. What's a jellical cat? And finally, the music stopped. Were the three <laughs> comments that Lottie had for cats. Um, and uh, and then she fucked off upstairs. It was like, yeah, all right, fair enough. But I think there is a stretch in this film. I quite like. I like Skimble Shanks, the railway cat, the cat, the railway train. I remember not liking it first time round, but I, I, oh, it, 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 I don't know because at least they're you know they kind of like they do an imaginary train thing, and it I. I, I don't know. I mean, at least they were getting out there. I mean, you look at the scale of things in the other sequences and it just really puts you off. Like the, um, the, 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 I, I think it's the uh, fucking Mungo Jerry, Mungo Jerry and fucking whatever the fuck. Sorry. Rumple teaser. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that sequence when they're um like in the the kit the, the dining room, the scale is fucked. Oh, and the awful Cockney accents as well. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, it, it's just like when the the cat has got the fork and knife though, it's like that cat must be fucking tiny because that fork looks re- the fork and knife look really big. Mm. But then. There are other sequences where the cats look huge. And it's like, I, I, it made me laugh though. I, I talked about it on the extra features. There's a feature about the, like the, 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 the scale. And in the description of the feature, it's like, um, 
oh, they they had to make things that were, that were 2.5 times the real size. And then Idris Elba's that in the, the thing saying like it's like three to three to four times bigger. It's like no one knows how much bigger <laughs> because they just go with a different scale for like depending on what the fucking scene is. Um, it's yeah, I mean it, I, I it, it, it's fucked. But Skimble Shanks the railway cat, the cat of the railway train. And Magical Mr. Mistopheles. I mean, Magical Mr. Mistopheles is a fucking banger. That song slaps. Um, but then you've also got the Taylor Swift McCavity in that stretch as well, which is not great. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, and in the extras again, Idris Elba singing. He's not singing. He's talking in a really low register. Um, it, it's, it, yeah, I... It, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, also the you know the McCavity. Yes. He only does that once. What I'd forgotten is the first time he does that, he goes ineffable, <laughs> ineffable. Like, w- which Donna and I have decided is become going to become part of our general phraseology between <laughs> each other. Um, it's. I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I, I wasn't as bored as I was through sections of it this time. But I think it was because I was just constantly asking Donna, what about this? What about this? What about this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I, it's, I, 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 I mean, I, a lot of people worked really, really fucking hard on Cats. And if the extras tell you anything, it's that. I'm not entirely sure Tom Hooper did because all you see of him is I like, it's either him being interviewed and the cameras swirling around him for some fucking reason, um, or him just like pre-production on the giant sets with actors. There's not really anything of Tom Hooper doing anything else. There's a lot of other people doing a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I, I I I enjoy cats and part of it for why they intended it to be that I enjoy it a lot of it not but it's cats I it, it's I mean it'll go down in history as just one of the biggest examples of directorial hubris failing like it deserves to be up there with heaven's gate for that, that kind of shit quite frankly but i none of the people involved in it do i wish ill will but i just think it's funny that tom hooper thought this was going to work yeah that's cats <laughs> and i'm done done bex what have you been watching this week uh the only one that i've watched without you is the hate you give uh, is that anything you watch that yeah okay fair enough go um, you've seen this, haven't you, Ian? Yeah. Um, it's very good for the most part. Um, I did say to you afterwards, didn't I? The bits that aren't as strong very, feel very wire and very kind of badly done. I think maybe because it's in comparison, the bits that are good. I hate KJ Apper at the best of times, so him being in it was just annoying. Um, 
but yeah I think it, it tackles some really serious stuff and I think it's it's accessible enough for younger people to watch it and start being aware of things which I think yeah. is possibly its intention so the frothy shit at school is possibly to help with that um I did find the the message of you kids can act like this and 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 listen to this music because you're white but if I do it I'm ghetto that's it's too heavy-handedly done in that everyone's listening to hip-hop and everyone's like yo dog and all that kind of stuff throughout it at her majoritively white school um and that those were the bits that felt clumsy to me um but the, 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 when it was strong, it was really strong. What did you think about it when you watched it? And I can't remember. Yeah, no, yeah. I liked it. Um, it was um, a cinema world unlimited surprise screening. Mm. So um, I, it was like title the BBFC card came up. It was like, oh, fucking hell. All right. Yeah, OK, let's give this a go. So I don't necessarily know if my head was properly in it when it started. I, 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 it's well over two hours, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I remember that being a factor. But um, yeah, I, I I liked it. I I think what you say there, Bex, about kind of opening um, younger people's eyes up to to these things is um, is super important. And um, I, I I like the the main character's arc. Um, you know, um, her realization that you know, yes, things are going okay for her, but that does she's very very privileged to be in that kind of situation and uh, opening her eyes up it, it very very well done um I, yeah i i just i but it says something that i don't remember an awful lot about it other than her um yeah, yeah um i don't know like she's got some friends there who you you think are cool but then when shit starts getting tough it's like one of them who like straight up starts going against her isn't there um it starts the, it starts off and she makes some comment in a basketball game about just imagine it's fried chicken or something like that and she kind of passes it off as oh no i just i just yeah. I'm hungry for it because we had fried chicken for lunch but it's like yeah you just you wouldn't um and then later on she starts making comments about how he probably deserved it and you know that the policeman had a family too and he was just sort of fearing for his life and he didn't know it was a hairbrush and all this kind of stuff and it it's a bit like yeah she she she's being racist but she's trying to claim that she's not um yeah yeah those yeah. by the wayside um but yeah i think i think the lead up to the scene where um khalil gets shot is really well done they're just they're just at a party some knobhead decides to fire a gun so they just leave because they don't want to be involved in it and he's driving her home like there's nothing shady going on he's literally just driving her home um and the i think the the escalation from there is is really well done yeah, yeah. that that scene that scene's fantastic it it's um yeah, I, I don't know. I I think it's a I, I I think it's a strong film and it, it's got shit to say. But 
I I don't know. Is, is that not like almost like damning it with faint praise or something to say? Well, it's got you know, it's got to shit, shit to say, but can't say I really necessarily found it that entertaining, and I don't remember much of it. But well intentioned. Yeah. I don't think it's aimed at us as as much as it's very good and I appreciated it for yeah. it. Isabel came down at one point when I was watching it and it was paused and it wasn't on Amanda Stenberg. It was on the guy that plays her dad. It was just a random shot of his face. It wasn't anything like particularly um, identifiable um, in it. And she came downstairs and she was like, you're watching The Hate You Give? I was like, yeah. She's like, it's a good film that. I was like, oh, have you watched it? And she's like, yeah, like loads of times. And it, wow. that's, that's right. what you're saying that. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 done what well, what it intended to, what it needed to. Yeah. Yeah. So that the only one I've watched on my own. I'll do the ones I've watched on my own then. And then we'll do the ones we watched together. Um, I watched Bloodspot, but you can hear about that on the episode two of Maximum Damage uh, by subscribing <laughs> for just $2 a month to our patron. Uh, we'll also hear Ian talk more about cats. Uh, I also watched Under the Stakeout. Um, I saw it at the cinema um, when I was younger. Um, I think I'm the only person who's watched it as many times as I have. Uh, it's a surprising to see quite a stakeout, what with the fact that it's got another stakeout. This one bombed, this one did quite well. Yeah. Um, this one brings back Richard Dreyfus and Eddie Lefty. Oh, what oh, fuck's that? Sorry. <laughs> but also brings Rosie O'Donnell uh, along for the ride. Um, so the basic story is um, that uh, Minnesota's a Richard Dreyfus play. Um, Chicago PD cops. Um, uh, let, let, let's say it. Um, no, it's, it's, like, it's like Seattle PD cops. Um, and they are involved in a, a sting operation that they're doing, and the guy runs away. And then in the pursuit, um, one of their one of the Rich Trippers character loses his gun, and the person that they end up catching uh, is shot by. Um, the person who pointed him out that he was a warrant to them. Uh, so they get demoted down essentially to a, a, a shitty job to do as kind of a bit of a punishment. Busted down to beat cops. Not quite that bad, oh. but just like a bit of a punishment. They have to help uh, Rosie uh, O'Donnell, well, not Rosie Perez, that would be a much fun on her They have to help Rosie O'Donnell's um, D- assistant DA um, essentially stake out the house of Dennis Farina. <laughs> Donald being in films was a thing for a while. It was. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Strassman uh, to find out somebody that might be living at their house. That is pretty much all you need to know because nobody else needs to watch this movie because I've watched it enough times for everybody. Um, I will probably not watch it again at some point. <laughs> uh, I kind of watched Rocky. Can I include this? Yeah, of course you can. So I kind of watched Rocky. And the reason why I kind of watched Rocky is because Sylvester Stallone was doing a watch-along yeah. with Rocky. Um, so MGM made a big thing of this, um, and uh, Stallone made a big thing of this, that it was going to be on their Facebook. Um, a few British um, publications put on, wrote articles saying, look, fucking Rocky fans, the Stallone fans, we're going to watch Rocky. He's doing it. Yeah, you might stay up till midnight. So... Midnight rolls around. You're there, aren't you? I, I wasn't quite sure how they were working it, so I had my copy of uh, Rocky 
rocked and ready to go and Paul's just a United artist bit and uh, I had the iPad out so I could watch the Facebook thing and watch the film so I wasn't quite sure what the fuck was going on but if it was that you were going to be able to see picture in picture I could flick on Facebook on TV so I, I had all my fucking all, your bases all my fucking ducks in a oh, row oh, I see. right gets to two minutes past twelve refreshing like a motherfucker on the uh, Facebook now it's happening I'm thinking it's fucking running late Facebook costs running late Kept going, nothing's happening. Start trying to find out. No, no, I've got the right time. Thinking, have I got the wrong? I'm changing time uh, zones. Yeah. Have I got it wrong? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right. So I have a look on Twitter so I can find out about it. Nothing. Eventually go up to the MGM feed on, on, on Twitter and click on it. It's going nowhere. Then start looking at the comments, which are just reams of people saying, what the fuck? Why isn't this available in the outside the US? Only available in the US. They forgot to tell anybody at all. Then I'm there going, this is fucking bullshit. Pissed off. Feeling a little bit what is it? Let down. Was really looking forward to it. Then I'm kind of continuing looking at the what is it, seeing if it's just been an error and anyone's clicked off it. So I've still got the MGM thing. Then somebody puts in saying, oh, Showtime. I've got it on their Facebook, but it's not on Showtime's Facebook, it's on Showtime's Network's Facebook. So I put it on, on the iPad and it's picture in picture. Still on a little fucking uh, screen at the bottom, and the rest of it is is Rocky playing at the side. So I think, fuck, yes, I've got it. But if it's like this, fuck it, I'll put it on the Apple TV, on the Facebook uh, Watch app, and there we go. That, that little stroke where I did that and decided to do that rather than just comfortably watch it on my iPad where I had it is the only reason why I got to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, because Showtime weren't supposed to be doing that and it got taken down literally after seven minutes of them showing it. <laughs> but the app constantly refreshes, doesn't on it? On the iPad, yeah. On, a, on an iPad or on, on, on a phone or anything like that. The Facebook Watch app or apple tv only refreshes when you come out of it and go back in mm. so because i'd already started watching that feed it couldn't turn that feed off because <laughs> that feed was already been beamed to me so as long as i didn't pause it or come out of it for any reason or anything like that i was fucking golden so hang on did you manage to watch it i managed to watch uh i missed the first 40 minutes oh i'll well, I, I I don't know. I mean, at least it wasn't a complete write-off. No, I mean, it's all right that like that you know it wasn't advertised as it should have been. But then that's great. Yeah, and um, what I will say is it was absolutely fascinating. Stallone was answering questions during from um, from fans about it, and was constantly looking at the screen, going right. You know, I got a question here. Blah 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 blah, and was just answering and was actively saying, "Look, guys, ask me some more questions. Come on, keep these going." Um, but was also giving you so much information about it. I, I, I've watched quite a few documents about Rocky, and it said, you know, it's not my favourite Stallone, but it is a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that Bill Conti recorded the entire score for it in a day. Um, Jesus. Yeah. The, um, the montage scene um, was literally just an idea that they had on uh, in the editing suite about taking a lot of these training things they've done and rather than picking one of them, why don't we just 
take bits from all of the other little training scenes we've got and throw them together. And so Stallone literally went to the corner store and bought a roll of scotch tape and a pair of um, dime store scissors, and that's how they cut that montage scene together. Uh, um, Stallone was like, you know, was quite adamant in saying, you know, that it's John's film, but that he was very gracious on set in letting me have influence on bits because I'd wrote it and I was playing the title character. So he wasn't trying to claim credit for any of it. He was actually going out of his way to not, but was very much was very aware that he was a creative force behind it. Um, so bits like. You know the the scene where before the night before the fight and he goes in the ring um, and he points at the poster and says you know you know the, the poster is wrong I'm wearing white shorts with a red stripe um, not written the poster when it arrived was wrong and they and Stallone decided to write a scene around that <laughs> uh, loads of fascinating bits they didn't have permits um, to shoot at all in the streets of Philadelphia so. The running scene where he runs um, about halfway through the movie and runs up the stairs. Yeah. And then the scene where the the, the triumphant scene yeah. where he runs up it were filmed half an hour apart. <laughs> when the guy throws him the orange, the guy literally throws him an orange. It wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't a what is it. They are just filming that on the hop. Nice. Yeah. Uh, it was fascinating. Stallone's a, a fascinating guy to listen to talk about films. He almost... Um, is apologetic in how much he loves these films, in how much he loves film, and how much he knows about it. He almost feels like he like like people will judge him ill for it. Mm. And he's talking about like bits, um, like the scene they have in the apartment the night before um, the the fight. Mm. They wanted to cut that, and he basically was like, "I won't film anymore unless you let us film this." And the producer basically said, right, you've got one shot at it. You've got 15 minutes. Mm. And so they did it all in one take and everything like that. And it's one of my biggest regrets in cinema that I I didn't get more chance to do it that better. Because Tally is fantastic and I'm not very good at it. Um, But he was constantly explaining, like, the the meaning behind stuff, the mood behind stuff and everything like that. It was honestly, it was fascinating. Um, And he's hinted that he might do one for Rambo. That international well, no, that them. wasn't for MGM. That okay. was him because okay. he owns all of the rights to Rambo. So, yeah, if but he'll only like... do it for Last Blood. But oh god, I'd forget. I'd still watch it. Uh, but so he could stream it on his Facebook, yeah, or his Instagram or whatever, because he owns the rights. Have MGM come out and commented after about no. it or anything? No, they haven't. No, um, sure time have. Yeah. Short time have gone. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also together watched Goodfellas, didn't we? We did. Um, not to say too much, we've spoken about Goodfellas the before, but yeah. it, it's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Um, we watched Iron Man 3. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, I liked it a lot better this time, and I didn't like mine it last time. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's fun. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm enjoying our watch through, to be fair. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. It's next, isn't it? I, I, I managed to make peace with more of the bits of it mm. this time. Mm. Yeah, so uh, some of the bits that hurt me didn't hurt me as much this time. I think, as well, I think I noticed more about, like, what he was actually going through than 
I did before. Obviously, a lot of it is about his trauma, what happened in Avengers. Yeah, it, it, but I think I didn't. I, I'd kind of forgotten about that element of the story, which is a huge part of the film. Yeah, I, 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 um, I really like that the, the PTSD yeah, angle of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we also watched Detox. We did. Um, one of the one of a rare a rare Stallone. It, yeah, it's a Stallone seen. movie that I hadn't seen. Yeah, it's one of the three or four that I haven't seen. Um, so how can we describe it? Stallone plays an FBI agent who is tracking down a serial killer mm-hmm. um, who essentially tricks him to get him out of the house and then murders his um, his new fiance. Well, no, he's not even he's not yet. asked yet. No, what will be his new fiance? Because she's obviously going to fucking say yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he's killed. Um, not not Sylvester Stallone. Not Sylvester Stallone. No, the, 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 the serial, serial killer, killer is is murdered. Uh, but Stallone's character goes into a spiral, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and he's sent away to detox to a weird fucking facility, facility yeah. run by Chris Christopherson. <laughs> of cops helping cops. Of cops helping cops. So you've got Tom Berenger is there. Uh, he's not one of the cops, not the cops is he? He Courtney was. V. Vance is one of the cops yeah. Jeffrey Wright is one of the cops Robert Patrick is one of the cops and Charles S. Dutton is Stallone's boss yeah uh, Pat, I think yeah, no, Stephen Lang's there as well isn't mm. he? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed this it's fun, it's a bit mental it's messy it's messy it's as really fuck messy. but it was a fun watch but it's a fun watch and it's 96 minutes long yeah are you not going to expand on the story at all? No, I'm okay. going to let you watch it. All right then. <laughs> it's also called I See You, but like I, as like your eye, or like yeah. I yeah. see you. Yeah, which is actually which, a better title. Which though. makes it easier to find in some places. Yeah. Oh God, and Netflix wouldn't play it. No, no, Netflix wouldn't play it. We had it. a real problem with it. Like we had, um, had it on the Apple TV. And we were searching for a film to watch. And we came across Detox, as it's called, on Netflix. And we're like, oh, Matt was like, oh, a Stallone film we've not seen. We could watch that. And we watched, did we watch the trailer? Yeah. We went off to YouTube, watched the trailer, came back to Netflix. And we're like, yeah, we'll watch that. Clicked on it. And the, the, the spinny thing just kept going round and round. And we're like, oh, that's weird. Must be a problem with the Apple TV. Restarted the Apple TV. Went back on, did exactly the same thing. And now maybe they're a problem with the title, like they've not loaded it properly. So I got my Netflix app on my phone, checked it on that, played straight away. We started the fucking Apple TV again, because it's obviously not a problem with Netflix or the loading of the film. It's obviously a problem with the Apple TV. Went back in, did the exact fucking same thing. So we eventually had to give up on the Apple TV and go across to the PS4, didn't we, and watch it on Netflix on there. Yeah. On which it worked fine. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Weird one. Uh, we also another one we, we won't go too much into because it's a new, fairly new release, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, we watched a film called uh, 2036 Origin Unknown, yes. which has just arrived on Netflix. Uh, it's not a new Netflix movie, but it's a fairly new movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen anything about this, Ian? No fucking clue what you're chatting about. Go on. So it stars uh, Katie Sackhoff, um, and is directed by. Hasrif uh, Dullul. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, oh. back it. Yeah, why not? Set in, uh, funny enough, 2036. Um, Where's that? But 
it starts with 2030 on a mission to Mars, the Mars, Mars Explorer, isn't it? Mm. Um, and that mission goes disastrous. Uh, and so this kickstarts a a new alliance on AI to run missions to space, doesn't it? And yeah. because of that, the AI learns so much that it can travel, what is it they call it? Hyperlight, I think they call it. Oh, yeah, Hyperlight. Hyperlight. Um, so they can travel like to Mars in 80 days. Um, and then 2036 happens, and it's just at the, the point where they are sent a new uh, rover to Mars to kind of to finally find out what happened to this one in 2030. Uh, and it's basically majority set all in this one control room, isn't it? Yeah. With... Katie Sackhoff talking to um, the AI, which is called Artie. Uh, Artie is in charge of the mission and she's only there to assist Artie, which she doesn't know about when she initially first goes in the room. Um, And it's about how all that works and her trying to find out what happened to, oh, by the way, the captain of that spaceship was her dad. Um, It was really good, wasn't it? It was actually, yeah. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Yeah, it's a a proper sort of ninety minute genre sci-fi, all majoritively set in one place. Mm. It's all set in one building, isn't it? But you're either the vast majority of you either in that room or in the corridor. Yeah. And only like I would say it have a combined runtime, maybe three minutes outside of that room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the majority of the film is Katie Zakoff and the um, AI. The AI. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I was really quite sick with it. It's a really interesting. It is interesting. Um, yeah. Ticks on a really nice pace. Uh, keeps things going. Looks fucking great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd absolutely recommend it. Which is why I'm not going to go too much into it. It's a very new movie. Yeah. Uh, for that. But yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. And Katie Sackle's fucking brilliant. She's really good in it. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. So, let's move on to our 99p iTunes rental of the week, uh, which is Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, the film stars some people getting the cast up. I remember most of them. Uh, Bruce Willis, Ed Norton, Bill Murray, Francis McDormand, Bob Balaban. Who plays the kids? Cara Haywood and Jared something. Cara Haywood and Gilman. Gilman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what's his name also crops up, doesn't he? Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman, I'm thinking of him. Uh, Lucas Hedges. Oh yeah. Yeah. And a lot of other like yeah, Tillis Winton crops up and all. There's a lot of other um, Anderson people in there. Uh, what is the story? So Sam um, Shikuski is attending uh, Khaki Scamp. Camp. Camp. The khaki Khaki Scout 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 Camp. Camp. <laughs> um, run by Edward Norton. Uh, but he runs away uh, and goes on the lam with... What's her name? Susie. Susie. Um who had had a chance encounter with at a play, and they've been pen pals ever since. And the story is about them being on the run from various quirky 
Wes Anderson characters. <laughs> Ian. I was the wrong person to pick to do the Pugsy yeah, Smith movie. Uh, Ian, you liked Moonrise Kingdom on first watch. Do you still like Moonrise Kingdom? I like Moonrise Kingdom on third watch. I, um... <clears throat> I, I, I don't think it's Anderson's best. I don't think it's probably in his top three or maybe even five. Um, the it's, it's difficult. I think the relationship between the kids, I get what they're going for. I, it's like two kind of like souls connected most, but there are stuff on screen which does feel a bit uh, you really need to do that um i mean I, I i think it's very frank but it's not necessarily things that we want we really want to be screen um the extended period where she's just in her underwear and socks yeah yeah, yeah. and uh Maybe. they're dancing and and like she's like, like it, it it's hard it, it, it's is that okay? Yeah, I like it. it. It's a bit wow. You guys are twelve. <laughs> yeah, the and phrase the kids in real life were only fourteen at that point. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I'll get to my feelings on it. Yeah. yeah I. It, it, I. I. It just. I. I don't know. I. I. I get that kids probably do have those conversations. Um. And but I wonder whether it quite the film quite needed that nature to it where the rest of the film around it made quite clear what they kind of like felt for each other you know it builds on that very well mm-hmm. um but i i i think that the, the yeah i it, it's that is that 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 is um uncomfortable uh you know i i like the film i i think that missteps are made and i don't think it's because wes anderson's a pervert or anything like that i just think it was probably not the the right the right idea um but i think the i really like the bruce willis character i fucking love the ed norton character um i i the the whole kind of the idea of all basically all the adults having a sense of sadness to them that through the course of their their interactions with susie and sam through the film kind of build into a all right let almost like let them have each other and let let let, let's try and let these kids be happy um i think it's a really nice sentiment um and the fact that the the scouts kind of comes that before the um the adults yeah i i i i really like it i i i think it's it's a slight film um and i don't think it's one of anderson's most like visually arresting but i enjoy it um despite and you know despite some problems to it frankly becky um this is the first time i've watched it since obviously we watched it when it came out um because quite frankly i hated it when it came out um i like west anderson movies in general but the creepy framing of the children's relationship in this i think horrified me to such a point it blinded me to any positives the film may have um 
the way he treats her is horrible that scene extended scene where she's in her underwear and do you know what? Yes, children may have those types of conversations and interactions, but they don't do it in public. They do it in private, not in front of an, an adult crew. It, it was just wrong having that in there. And that, it colours the whole of the rest of the film for me. There were elements of it that I enjoyed this time round. If, if I could, I was more able to kind of separate other bits from that um that bit of it and yeah all the adult stuff in this is is good I, I, I like all the adult stuff um I think the characters the adult characters are more subtle in this than a lot of Anderson movies because of the fact that it is based around the children yeah, yeah. So they're, they're side characters basically and they they the quirkiness of them is kept a little bit more on a leash because of that hmm. um you know, there's bits of it that look really nice. There always are in Wes Anderson movies. He, he, he aesthetically, he's 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 got he's got a vibe, and it it is quite pretty. So there, there's that element to it. Um, but I just I, I, as as a film, if you were to ask me, do I like it? The the children's relationship in it just ruins it for me. It's so badly, so ham-fistedly done, and the tone deafness of someone looking at that. Looking at dailies of that and going, yeah, that's fine. Is just it's baffling to me, to be honest. He, I, I, totally fair. He's, I mean, and he's really shitty to her. It's not like he's nice to her. Oh, like he's. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to continue. No, the, the the bit where where she says about um. Essentially, she's she's like trying to confide in him about her mental problems, and he just fucking laughs at her. I was I was done from that point on. But I mean, uh, in, in to be, I'm I'm not defending his actions there. But later on, she's like, um, I like, I'm paraphrasing. It's like the kind of like, I I wish I was an orphan. Like your your life is a lot. Their lives are a lot more interesting than mine. And he says, I love you, but you don't know what you're talking about. Um, it, it, you know, there there are there are potential like powder keg points but it it never really comes to anything and whether that's because they're kids and they don't quite understand how hurtful each thing is or you know they just forgive each other um i i, I agree in that in that moment it is kind of weird how she's just off it goes off to the tent and he says i'm sorry and then it's all okay again but you know she that there, there is another moment where it's the opposite way way round i i i, I would suggest so they're both shitty they're, they're, they're both very shitty moments yes no the children are both shitty well yeah yeah well he's an absolute little piece of shit <laughs> okay whoa all right then little piece of shit um i'm a 37 year old man and i wanted to climb at the screen and beat the living fuck out of the little cunt <laughs> But you want to beat the shit out of most kids, Mark. That like, is fine. It, I agree with that. Yes. Right. Um, I, I, I'm going to try and be calm because I'm, Ian really likes it and I don't like shit on movies that other people like. I think that's, I think that's wrong. I don't think it's very nice. Uh, and you've made peace with it. That I would say. Uh, but you've made your peace with it, hmm. is what I would say. I think it's an icky movie. It is icky. I think it's icky. I think it's... 
is if we're not including it yeah i would much prefer to see a movie about edward norton khaki scout camp leader yeah and just that just not nothing else just them and the hilarity that would ensue from that camp in trip doesn't have to be anything beyond the camping trip just the camping trip that for 95 minutes with Wes Anderson's shtick and all that, absolutely. A burgeoning toxic masculinity little fucking shit. Yeah. No. The bit with the shoes. And then, yeah, the the worst bit, the worst bit, can you swim? Yes, I was, again, mildly paraphrasing. Yes, I was backstroke champion at my school. All right, well, I can't swim, so I have to wear a life preserver. And then he fucking puts one on her. Yeah. If I'm not good at it, you... You can't be good, good at it. it. Either, yeah. Right? Or he's just trying to protect her. No, he's not. It's, it is absolutely... It's his insecurities being put onto her. He, he says it the same thing with the shoes. He's wearing shoes. She's wearing shoes. They're virtually fucking identical. And the first thing he says was, well, I have to go a little bit slow because you're in Sunday school shoes. And she goes, well, I'm not actually in Sunday school shoes. And it's like, fuck you, you little cunt. Yeah. They later say that she's in Sunday school shoes. There's Someone no, else like, comments. Inappropriate shoes, though. No, the, again, the khaki set, what is it? But they're basically the same. It's basically, a, it could be a comment on the fact that their shoes are not that fucking different. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I found him an a horribly repentant little shit. Yeah. And you can see why nobody likes it. The story keeps on telling you that nobody likes it. Mm. And that nobody gets on with him. But then wants you to feel sympathy <laughs> for him. But he does nothing sympathetic apart from be a fucking orphan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, you're kind of supposed to get the vibe that... I think it, 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 they're, they're both kind of... It, it, Sorry, that they found each other because they've got nobody else. She's not an unpleasant character. No. It all pulls back to the moment in the social network where Rooney Mara turns out to Jesse Eisenberg and tells him, you're going to go through life thinking that people don't like you because you're a geek. It's not. It's because you're an arsehole. That is that fucking kid. Yeah. He's... And I, I, I can't get beyond that fucking kid. And that extended scene of her in her underwear with the socks back on to ultra fetishize it yeah. is just a bit oh I get it Wes Anderson you can get away with this because you're Wes Anderson but should you be allowed to any any sort of like, and then pausing her thing. literally pausing her on a rock mm. it it's icky it's really really icky and it, it annoys me because the rest of it I actually quite like. Yeah. But I can't get over the fact that the central characters of the entire movie, I just utterly despised. I don't find her unlikable. It's just him. I find her part in it unlikable because of what he's done with her. I just... I, I shudder for the relationship that they will have later on in life. Oh, God, yeah. 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 That miserable relationship between Bill Murray and Franny McDade. No, I think it's worse. I think it's I think it's more than that. Yeah. I I think he's gonna end up fucking convincing a fucking maker fucking OnlyFans or something and then calling her a slut for doing it. He's a horrible, 
character. He is hot. I despised him. Mm. I tried to pull it all back there. Genuinely did. No, no, no. It's... You, you take back... If you take the stuff... Got other thing in that they're looking for. I don't know, someone's fucking dogs escaped. Or the dogs escaped, yeah. yeah. That, I'd, I'd like that movie. I'd love that movie. I like the other elements of the movie. It's just that ruins it for me. It feels like you watch the film and you feel like you need a shower afterwards. I really, the problem I have, one of the main issues I have with Wes Anderson movies is I actually really want to like them because they've <laughs> always got a really good cast. If you explain the story to me, I'm always like, I'm fine with that. I just think that his quirk dials turned up too much for me. It, all his films are too similar as well. There's this, you could play Wes Anderson bingo. But again, I don't mind that. Mm. I don't mind the fact that that, that that he has an aesthetic style and everything no, like not, not just the aesthetics, but like adult women are always kind of bitches. Yeah. Again, again, baffles me that he's managed to get away that, that some direct, the criticism some directors get over their female characters and he gets away with it constantly with his. Parents are always bad. Yeah. Children are always precocious. very mature and precocious. Yeah. But you like his films. I do, yeah. But I, I, I can forgive it when the framing device of the story isn't a creepy relationship between two underage kids. I, I just think that with Wednesday, I should maybe just stay away. <laughs> and then I guarantee when the fucking French Dispatch comes out, I'll go into it going, maybe this is the fucking one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, because you like Ten and Bounds. I like Ten and I, I, I really like Isle of Dogs. I like Bottle Rocket. I like Rushmore. I, I I would love to like The Life Aquatic, but I can't. Oh, see, yeah, I can, I can see it with Life Aquatic. I like it, but I can see why you don't. Darjeeling Limited is magnificent. I love Darjeeling Limited. You hate Fantastic Mr. Fox, don't you? Oh, with a passion I hate it. Is it that you hate the film, or is it that, you, that he gets all these kudos for it and he didn't actually do any of the stop motion? That's part of it. Hmm. Are you saying it out of all these films? Yeah. You like them? I like half of them. Yeah. He's not done that many. No. And I'm actually quite looking forward to the French Dispatch. Grand Budapest Hotel was. I, I, I now I don't know whether I hated it at the time, but really hate it. And I think I need to rewatch. You liked it. it. <laughs> you really liked it. In in hindsight, I hate it, and I don't know why. Uh. I think so pink where are you on it? Kingdom. I'm guessing Ian, you are definitely not shit. <laughs> yeah, I am, but I, I, I get it. I get it. Because I I, 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 I honestly don't know what rating to give it. Because it's not a bad film. I can give it touching cross. No, because it's not. It's not touching cross. The film itself is not the problem. It's that the disgustingness of how she created. I don't know. I mean, like, we could create a, another new rating, The Moonrise Kingdom, a film that, Best on the show. whole, is not is is not bad, but has elements to it that make you not like it. Yeah. I think I covered that with fetishizes too. We have it. We've a new one, <laughs> Moonrise. We have to add to our. What else have we got? So we've got Fallout. Yeah. Geostorm, Moonrise. There's another one. What was the other one we had? Spiria. Was it Spiria? Yeah. 
not real Suspiria, shit Suspiria. Right, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely shit on this one. Sorry. I feel bad. I don't feel bad. Um, questions? We have a couple. Should we have a non-film one? Yeah, go do you know what this is? Okay, have I, you checked? I looked, yeah. yeah. Do you know what it is, uh, Ian? No clue. I'm fucking yeah. looking forward to this. Honestly, it, it's so insignificant that you're going to be like, what? <laughs> but this okay. is a loaded question in our house, isn't it? Not really. It is. <laughs> oh, shit. Jordan McGrath, what is your favourite type of bread? Mine is a nice sourdough. San Francisco sourdough. What's the fucking context? Like it, 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 it depends on what it's being used for. That is a good point. So, um, a bread that is used as a complement to a meal. Uh, meal. What meal? This isn't no. Uh, let's say you're having a Italian stew of some description. Oh, you want a nice crunch, like crusty, fucking like. Is that where you're going sourdough? The San Francisco sourdough. San Francisco sourdough, yeah. For that one, right. I want you all to sort of think about for a sandwich. See, you're just setting me up now, aren't you? Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> Can I just say, for a bacon sandwich, that's the one situation where I say white bread is the best is the best bread. White sliced bread. Fuck you. But for a regular sandwich, a crusty, like, roll. What? Colour. White. We have this argument a lot in our house. Mark, 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 what do you suggest? Like, okay, for a bacon sandwich, what's the type, best type of bread? Shit, granary bread. Farmhouse. Brown farmhouse. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Why do you always buy shit granary bread then? That's well, right. Just to upset me, is it literally... No, no, no. That, that for a bacon sandwich, that is specific. I have sent you out to buy stuff for fixings for a bacon sandwich before and you come then, back with horrible bloody grainy bread because i'm not just gonna eat the bread for that bit i'm not gonna just eat an entire loaf's worth of bread of bacon sandwiches am i no but what you do mark with bread is you buy it then you use it for that one specific thing and then leave it to go moldy in the cupboard that is your thing with bread no, isabel eats it actually it's no she doesn't you. the amount of bloody loaves of bread that i take out of there and they're starting to go stale and i have to throw away i'll be ready no stop what the fuck is wrong with you then just buy rolls no, I'm not here for a fucking, have a fucking bacon sandwich on a roll. Are you mad? Oh, I don't mind a bacon sandwich. No, balls to that. Uh, but dipping bread, I, 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 I like a good rye. That um, sourdough rye crossbreed thing that you got the other day from Sainsbury's was nice. With the sunflower seeds on it? No. 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 Yeah. But what I'm going to do with the sunflower seeds and it's really good. You don't mind sunflower seeds. I, I, I have to go for a nice rye. Like just, just rye? Rye, right, yeah. Yeah. It's like eating polystyrene. Oh, it's good though. Rye, salt beef, pickles, mustard. Yeah. Oh. Nice bread, salt beef, pickles, mustard. Yeah, fine. Rye's the right bread for that. Yeah. I've got one film question now. <laughs> bread is a, a particular touchstone in our house, I think, isn't it, Bex? Yeah, because you keep buying bloody rat granary bread, which you know I hate. Because it's, it's better for you and it's nice. It's not, it's like shit. It's better than your bleach white crap. I don't buy that often. I buy crusty bread. Um, Rick Kidd, um, what feel-good films would you recommend for the current situation? Judging by my watching fucking Contagion or something like that. Seems to make me feel bad. <laughs> um, Princess Bride. 
I love Princess Bride. That's a really good feel-good film. Ian. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's I don't have comfort films. There's not really films that I go back to again and again and again. I mean, I suppose like Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping is one I I do return to a lot, but I. <sighs> I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I found comfort in playing fucking Zelda for three, three hours today, like ignoring whatever Lottie was telling me to do and just doing my own thing and uh, annoying her. Uh, but I, I, I found great comfort in it. Um, yeah, man. I don't. Yeah, I don't really have a comfort film. It's it's weird. I have loads. Go on. Even my neighbor's daughter. But I don't just stick it on. Um, yeah, I have loads. More rats. Burbs. Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Running Man. Yeah. Total Recall. Yeah. Uh, what else is in there? High Fidelity. Mm. Yeah. All those movies are movies that I will watch if I had a really, really shitty day. Uh, so, right, what movies are we going to watch next week? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what fucking movies are we going to watch next week? So, um, I was thinking maybe the Kumail Nanjiani um, Isaray um, uh, film that was originally going to be theatrically released, The Lovebirds, which Love is Bird, on Netflix. Yep. Um, I, I I think that would probably be um, it, it, directed by Michael Showalter, who also did Stuber, which is on Sky Cinema and now TV at the moment. So I don't know whether we do a Kumail Nanjiani double. Um, that. Yeah, I mean Stuber is like 90 minutes long. I think Lovebirds is as well. So not yeah. the hardest watches in the world. I'll tell you what will be a hard watch though. Because I've oh. fucking just seen the runtime. <laughs> you just seen the runtime. The three yep. hour runtime. <laughs> Two hours and 57 minute long 99p rental of the week for this week. The Postman. I fucking love The Postman. You have an inordinate amount of love for both The Postman and Waterworld. I'm not as, I'm, I, I don't mind Waterworld, but fucking The Postman is my jam. Fucking love The Postman. Tom Petty plays Tom Petty in it. You cannot moan at me about wanting to watch JFK if you're going to make me sick. Will Patton plays one of the greatest cinema villains. <laughs> it's brilliant. That's it. I, I like it. I'm so looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah, so that's what we're going to cover next week. Um, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, don't forget to check us out on We Are Pod Syndicate and with Beyond the Neon, his film, her movie, Chinsworth Spunter, What's on Tap and entertainment landfill and anything else that I forgot patreon two about three dollars a month you can get loads of the shit do it what's your homework for next week watch the trailer for relic yeah 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 you know about gonna forget you better not <laughs> I'm gonna make you watch it with me in a minute so <laughs> right thanks very much Rebecca? Thank you. Thank you very much, Ian. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.